Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog Podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. And welcome to episode 96 yeah. of Nutty November. We're in the middle of our series, 30 Days to a Closer Connection in Your Marriage. Yes. We're podcasting every day in the month of November. And this is exciting because we're back in our old setup. Finally. You like? Do you like this setup better? I do. Really? I kind of like... Right now, we're sort of like doing more of a traditional show with microphones and headphones and mixer, more control. Yeah. But we have just been using a little microphone and just talking to each other. And I like that better. We're still just talking to each other. I know, but it's it's it seems less intimate when you've got headphones on. I just always feel like I'm on NPR whenever I talk in this. Yeah, it does make it more fun to talk on a microphone. <laughs> you, you are right about that. It, it, because it makes your voice sound a little bit different. Right. I don't ever like the sound of my voice. I you, don't either, you, no. Yeah. But somehow you can get on a mic and you can sort of hear, you can hear yourself through the headphones, kind of what you sound like. And you can make yourself sound like what you want to sound like. <laughs> you can try. It's like reinventing yourself when you get to go to a new school. <laughs> you did that, didn't you? I did it in the weirdest way that most people don't do it. Because in high school, I was extremely outgoing, loud. And I decided that when I went to college, I wasn't going to be like that anymore. You just decided to get quiet. I just decided to get quiet. And so for a long time, no one ever really heard you talk. <laughs> Well, I decided, you know, I took um, psychology my freshman year, and one thing I have never forgotten that that professor said was that we human beings interrupt each other in some way every four seconds or something. And Let so, me interrupt you right there. <laughs> when I heard that, and then I started realizing that I did that all the time, because when someone was talking, I would say, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh huh. And I was interrupting them. So I started just getting really quiet when someone was talking to me and they would just talk and talk and talk and talk. Uh. And that's how we got together. <laughs> <laughs> and that's still how it is. <laughs> no, it's really funny because my my best friend in college was a super outgoing girl and she needed a quiet person. And, you know, I... and. The love of my life is a very super outgoing guy, but I've gotten a lot less quiet over the years. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I decided I was going to reinvent myself because, you know what? Loud people do. They annoy people. They say things all the time that they wish they hadn't said. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I do. That's a story of my life. And so I was tired of feeling that way, but now I'm kind of back in the groove of saying tons of things that I shouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> I, that way, like, every Sunday I lay in bed and I'm like... Oh, oh, and and you're like, what's wrong? Like, oh, I'm just thinking of all the words I said today that were probably so stupid. <laughs> oh, it's just painful. <laughs> so, yeah, it's one problem with being a talker. Like when you have a talking job, like you're a teacher, or preacher, whatever else is a talking job. You just say so many words. It's just... But I, I'm completely convinced that one reason our marriage is as good as it is is because you talk a lot. No, oh, yeah, that's true. I talk and a lot. And I think that that's 
it's really nice when you have a husband that talks because as I talk to other women and I find out that their husbands just don't really talk to them about anything of consequence, I think that would be really hard for me. Mm. Yeah, I think it would be too. Hard for me. So anyway, well, we're, so that gets us into our, uh, we're talking about talking. So now we're going to talk about talking to the Lord. So why don't <laughs> you give, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> okay. So today we are talking about praying together. And I think this is one of the hardest things for Christian couples to do together. And it has, I've always felt like it, it was a struggle for us for most of our marriage. Mm-hmm. We wanted to pray together. We liked the idea of it, but it just felt kind of awkward and weird. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to initiate that, you know, with each other. And it was just, it just felt strange. Yeah, because I think you're, when you're, when you're not consistently, like when you don't have sort of a routine of prayer and prayer doesn't, you know, pray, a prayer can last like 30 seconds. Yeah, I think we 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 think a prayer has to be a production. It can be short. Uh, it can just be, uh, you know, just whatever's on your heart at that moment, and you know, t- talking to um, your Savior and t- and talking to uh, the God who sent His Son to save you. Uh, you know, it doesn't. Ha- it's just. It just is. You're acknowledging who the Lord is together. And, and and so I think because we think prayer needs to be a certain way because the people we hear pray a lot, they're like really good at it, mm-hmm. you know, and they're really good at public prayers. And, you know, when you pray with your wife, I mean, that's not totally, or you pray with your husband, that's not totally a private prayer. I mean, there's someone else listening besides the Lord. And so I think it's like, how do you get that started? And so you're laying there or you're waking up or however you would want to do this and you say, uh, do you want to pray? And like no one ever says no. Like you can ask. I've only had one person my whole life tell me no. I was coming out of Wadley Hospital at, at, at Texarkana, and it was one of those days where it was actually at nighttime, and I had been in the emergency room because one of our students or some, something had happened at our church, where one of our students had um, hurt himself on a swing or something, and we were up there. Uh, he'd broken his neck, which was, wasn't as bad as it sounds, um, that, which is weird. Uh, that should always be as bad as it sounds, I guess. But So there was all this crazy stuff going on. Someone had been shot. There were, were just people out of their mind. And I was just walking around the emergency room, and I was just praying for people. They wanted me to pray for them. Yeah. And uh, so I, I walked outside, and there was this guy sitting on the curb. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, I'm really in the zone here. So I just walked up and said, you look like you need prayer. And he went, no, I don't. Go away. You know, that was just like the end of the conversation. <laughs> so that's the only guy that ever, like, turned it down. Uh, most people are, you know, sometimes if you ask someone and you say, well, how, what can I pray? What, what, do you have a prayer request? Or anything? And they say, oh, no, everything's fine. You know, I don't have anything I need you to pray for uh, specifically. But you can still pray for them. And uh, so we, we kind of are... It's just sort of a like you're saying, awkward is a good word to describe how that is whenever you're not really in the zone. And and even Tim Keller talks about that. I mean, he, but he, I remember being inspired by something he said was like, now we just do it every night. We just know we're going to pray before we go to bed, and or how whenever they pray. And so that was kind of encouraging to me to know like a monster of a minister had a hard time doing this too. 
Yeah. And I, and I will be honest with you. I bet 90, I don't know, 99.5% of all married couples don't pray together. Yeah, I think part of the the barrier to praying together is that <clears throat> there's something in you that feels like a phony, I think, whenever you're praying with your spouse, mm. because this is the person that sees you at your worst, mm-hmm. that sees you in your least spiritual moments. And I don't know, I think there's something about that that makes it hard to pray together because it's a real humbling and it's, you know, the things that you might w- want to say to the Lord, you think, oh, this is going to sound so fake after the day I've had and the way yeah. I acted or whatever. Sure. But I do think, you know, Chad and I, this has really been a relatively recent thing that we kind of figured out how to pray together. How long has it been? Um, Maybe like... Three years? No, not that long. Yeah, I think it's been... Or at least two Maybe two. When was the when was that marriage conference we had? I don't know. I don't know. I think it was like October twenty sixteen or we went to a marriage conference and they had us pray together at the conference, which was a very was awesome. really neat experience. Mm-hmm. And then they challenged us to pray together for thirty days. Challenge accepted. And we did that, and, you know, after 30 days, that was already kind of an established habit. Mm-hmm. And it, and we were seeing the benefits in our marriage. It was really kind of changing the way we related to each other. We were relating to each other in a more spiritual way mm-hmm. because of that one habit that we were developing. And the way we do it is is we pray together at night right before we fall asleep. I mean, we're barely awake. Sometimes I pray. And then I'm praying when, and I wake up and I'm praying and I think, I wonder if I just said something really silly. Like I hope, I hope like the deepest, darkest recesses of my heart didn't come out of my mouth because that would be terrible. But uh, yeah, you just, I just, usually I pray. I sometimes ask Melissa to pray, but usually I pray and I pray for us and she says amen and then we go to bed. But you know, the, um, the thing that I think it's really done for us is that we're a lot more likely to think. Or to say to each other, we need to pray about this. We need to pray about that. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, that's true. We we true. also are more likely to, you know, I remember it wasn't too long after that marriage conference that we had gotten into this habit, and I was going for sort of a job interview. Do you remember that? And we had no idea which way we needed to go with this, uh-huh. and and I said, "Can we pray together before I go?" Which I. I probably wouldn't have had the courage to say that before we had established this habit. That's true. So you just, I mean, praying a little bit usually leads to praying more and being more prayerful. And I would like to see us as a family and as a church and, you know, more prayerful. But I I think it's slow, but I think things are becoming more prayerful. And you just got to start somewhere. And a good place to start is with your wife or husband if they're a Christian um, they would want to pray. I mean, Christians want to pray. We just don't know how. Right. Uh, and, we, and and I've become increasingly convinced that one of the reasons we don't know how to pray is just because no one's, you know, you know, no one ever teaches you how to do it. Like no one ever prays with you every day when you become a Christian. Right. Um, you know, that's one that thing that's so great about marriage is it's a great opportunity to become a disciple and maybe have someone show you how to live the Christian life where that's just not really been done. 
So um, let's think about prayer for a second then. Um, I was thinking today about the abuses that, uh, uh, that we see going on uh, whenever people, I just feel like a lot of abuses take place regarding the way people think about healing and um, I would say especially healing. When people talk about healing as though um, if you pray for healing, it's supposed to happen. And if it doesn't happen, it's your problem. It's your fault. Or sometimes when somebody's sick or ill and they'll put up on Facebook, need prayers immediately, need prayers immediately. Like, I got to have prayers right now. And it's and that's good. You should, we should all be praying all the time. And we, and we should be asking, uh, Father, please do this. You know, this is what's on my heart. I'm asking for this. Okay, to ask your dad for things. Um, but it's almost like we get this idea in our mind. And you can have this idea in your mind if you're, if you're starting to pray at night. They're like, the more you pray, like the more diligent you are in prayer, the more likely that you're going to get the things that you want. Which, of course, is just a total upside-down view of the way our relationship with God works. So I would caution people not to get in that mindset like, well, if I pray more, then things are going to start working out and things are going to be going better. You might pray more and things might get worse. Uh, You might pray more and you might get sick. But the idea of the prayer, and when you pray with your wife, you pray with your kids, what you're trying to understand in your own mind and teach them to understand is that prayer is a demonstration of our dependence upon God. Right. When we pray, we're, we're, we're not doing something with our prayers. We're acknowledging that we can't do anything but ask the one who can do something. Um, it's an acknowledgement of dependence. It's not like putting quarters in a slot machine and pulling the handle and thinking, well, the more I play, the more likely I am to win. It's not how prayer works. That's how, don't you think that's how people view it, though? Like, if I get enough prayers, that'll solve the problem. Yeah, and I saw a really good idea on Facebook today that someone had posted. It said that we come to, we come to prayer with a list of wants and demands, mm. and God comes to prayer looking for surrender. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that is really the key about praying together as a couple and as a family, is when you do that, you're saying to God, everything that we have is yours, and we're turning it over to you. And I think doing that together as a couple, well, that's a really good way to get spiritual growth in your marriage. Yeah. We, we as human beings are all great manipulators. Um, just, and that's because a lot of us are, are just, that's kind of what evil does. Like that, the wickedness and rebellion in us, the sin that still remains in us is manipulative. It is trying to get its own way and, and it will twist and do whatever it can. It can even think about God and religious thoughts and faith and all this in a certain way and still manipulate that system too. God doesn't buy it, but other people do. And sometimes you can trick yourself into thinking, yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing about your life that is remotely um, tuned in. Like you're, you're not tuned in to what Jesus is doing at all. You, you've got an idea in your mind that you've made up about what Jesus wants you to do, and your Jesus is an idol. But the real Jesus 
is in in the real God the Father and the Holy Spirit and the the real Lord of all wants to be Lord of all and is Lord of all um, and desires to see us submitting to His will and not trying to uh, uh, ask Him to not having Him grant our will. You know, right. we, we, He doesn't need a usurper. He needs someone who's faithful, and so. That's how our prayers should be aimed. And when you, that is such a load off, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That you don't have to worry about, well, like, gosh, I'm just not doing enough. I'm just not, I'm just not sincere enough. I'm just not busy enough praying because if I was, I'd be, God would be letting me have my way. You know, I mean, that's like a child that just whines and whines and whines and complains and thinks, if I just whine and complain some more, I'll get the candy at Walmart. You know, mom, mom or dad will give in to what I want. And it's just not the way it works. Uh, it's not, it's not, that's not God's will in prayer. But the more you pray, I think you realize that, that this is not just about us trying to get God to do something for us. This is us expressing to him that we can't do anything and, and we know he knows best and we just want to walk according to his, his will. And I think there's something to be said for being persistent in prayer about certain things, but we always have to be praying with his will in mind and not ours. Yeah, somebody could say, well, what about it says, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you, and you have not because you ask not. Certainly. I mean, you know, you, but whenever whenever you go to someone who's infinitely wiser than you, I think you should be real careful how you approach him with a request. Right. And so we do that, you know, we do that by saying, Lord, if this is your will, then, you know, this this is where our heart is. And if it's not your will, Father, change our heart on it too, so that we, will, we our heart will line up with where your heart is on this. And even if we don't understand it, help us to trust you. And and that that's not to say that you shouldn't tell them what you want or or what's or what you need. Um, but when we pray in the name and the character of Jesus Christ, we're praying according to His will, not ours, because that's the way Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed, "Not my will, but Yours be done." To the Father, and you know, I've talked with a guy before it says you should never say if it's your will you know if it's your will you should because that's not praying in faith and i just think well i guess jesus didn't pray in faith either <laughs> uh, i think i'll pray the way jesus does not the way you do um you know the bible tells us many times that that god's will is supreme god's will is not thwarted god's will is going to be accomplished you're not going to change god's will um, and yet he uses your prayers to accomplish his will there are things you could pray for, and part of the plan could be that you praying for him is how he was going to bring it about. Right. And so we pray knowing that we're part of his plan. Even our prayers are, are the means that he uses to accomplish his will. How it all works out, we don't know. Um, but, I mean, even Garth Brooks is smart enough to know that some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers, right? I mean, you know, so I, I think some preacher telling you that don't pray that God's will would be done. Just always think that whatever you have in your brain that you want to ask for should be done. That's terrible advice. But, you know, spiritual abuses abound, and uh, don't, don't, don't get caught up in it. But um, I would say our... I would say it may, it, it, if you just want to immediately have a deeper connection, just say, let's just pray every night before we go to bed. Or let's pray every morning first thing we wake up. However, however you know, everybody's different. I mean, I just, my brain and my mouth that does not work in the morning um, fast enough to, to, to be of any good. So um, pray together and 
I would give you the same challenge we were given. Just do it for 30 days and see how it changes your, your, see how God would use that to change your heart. Another thing is it's really hard to be mad at somebody that you're praying for. And I think that some of the neatest things that I've experienced about us praying together is hearing some of your prayers, you know, and, you know, I'm a real word person. And words really matter to me. And so when I hear you praying something like asking God to help us be inseparable mm-hmm. or, or thanking God for our love, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. stuff like that is, it really brings you closer as a couple. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. So that's the challenge. How's the drawing coming along? It's great. Yeah. You got any news? Um, I mean, nothing new. Mm-hmm. But we are on the Facebook page. I'm showing every day some of the prizes and the giveaway launches on Friday. So be watching on Friday. I'm going to um, do a video and we will have all of the giveaway details. And it's going to be so fun. I cannot wait to see who wins. I'm so excited. It's like I'm getting Christmas early. Well, it's going to change your life if you win. <laughs> um, you're going to have to completely change the way you do everything. And, I, I finally uh, sat down today and really figured up the prizes. And it is almost $400 worth of goodies. Yeah, I might have to put something in there. You should. Yeah. I'll throw something in there. <laughs> Go to Walmart and get you something really nice, Clark. <laughs> yeah, be good. All right. So uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back again tomorrow, See believe tomorrow. it or not. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.